Hey, thanks for coming and joining us here on another episode of About Fate. Uh, we do are glad that everybody that comes back each week and continues to support the podcast. Just remember to like, share, and subscribe uh, wherever you're listening from. Uh, again, again, this week we have another great testimony. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be great. Uh, we have Sister Alicia Glenn with us today. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. I'm glad that you decided to like, you know, stop by, accept the invitation, and kind of share your testimony. I seen you posting clips of it, you know, or kind of like from TikTok to Facebook. I kind of seen you talking about it a little bit, and I mean, I think it's a wonderful testimony to share with the world to kind of show like God's like life changing power and ability to change someone's life. Uh, and I know. You're excited to share your testimony yes. for my talk. So yes. uh, yes. I try to take uh, too much time. So I'm going to go ahead and um, uh, just kind of get started. Are you from, like, where are you from? Like, where are you originally from? I'm originally from Kansas City. Okay. You're Kansas yeah. City? Yeah. Born and like, born and raised or just born? <laughs> I was born in Kansas and we moved to Dallas um, around about the age of five. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and you moved to and so when you moved with that, I don't, do you even remember that? Like, five? I I do remember it. Um, we was moving um from a shelter. Oh, okay. Um, a women's better shelter, and um, my mom decided to come to Dallas where her mom is, and that's how we ended up in Dallas because of going through domestic um issues. Okay, my mother was so. Okay, I understand. You know, a lot of that's still going on, and a lot of people are actually dealing and struggling with things like that in yeah. their life. And a lot of times, you know, again, they try to move from place to place and things like that. So what was like, uh, I guess you gave a little bit. So I just kind of, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, like what was life growing up like for Alicia? Life for me growing up, um, it was, as an adult, I can say traumatizing. Uh -huh. At that time, it was normal to me. Yeah. So growing up as a child, you know, we lived from house to house. We lived in shelters. Mm. Um, my mother ended up having seven children at the age of like 37 years old. And oh, really? Yeah. So growing up as a child, it was very traumatizing. We were homeless, living from place to place, huh. you know. Growing up, sleeping on someone's floor, no sleeping way. in, you know, motels and being hungry and waiting, can't wait to get to school to eat. Yeah. You know, so not having a dad in the family, but multiple stepdads and right. um, just traumatizing. Was it like, I know you said like traumatizing when you got older. Did you realize it as you was going through it or you just felt like, hey, this is just normal life? Going through it, I felt normal as mm -hmm. a child. As I got older, I realized that I was going through some trauma. I mm -hmm. was going through something that wasn't supposed to be a normal lifestyle for me. Right. I felt it was normal. Right. You know? Yeah, I understand because a lot of times, like I talk to my wife and you, you go through things or you have a lifestyle that's not necessarily like, um, uh, like I guess you, it, it becomes normal for you, but it's yeah. not. You know what I mean? It's not a normal thing for most people. Uh, and like you said, like traumatizing thing, I'm sure from moving from place to place, sleeping, like you probably saw some things, especially at a, at a, at a child that yeah. children aren't supposed to experience or know or see. Um, and you're going, we, we, we are even like, we are going to church worthy. Like, you know, sometimes you have the people that's like, uh, we're going Easter, we're going Christmas. You have people that, you know, but were y'all like that or did y'all just never? 
with no church around or things like that? Well, um, I did have people in my family that was in church. Uh -huh. I wasn't really introduced to church until we actually moved to Dallas. Yeah. Um, you know, the big um, school bus would come through the projects. Yeah. Because, you know, we ended up moving into the projects, you yeah. know. And so the big school bus would come through the projects and pick all the kids up and would take us to church. Uh -huh. and I, I've never heard of this. This is this yes, new to me. I, yes, so yes. It was that in Dallas? Yes, in Dallas. Okay, so, so they were know. like a school bus or just send a bus to see who wants to go to church? Yeah, so it was like this particular ministry. I don't right. remember the name of it because, you know, I was very young, but I do remember going. Yeah. And so it was like this big school bus, and they would come through the projects. And you just know, ask, like, who wants to go to church today? And they or? would get out, and they would walk. You know, oh, wow. it'd be a group of them walking through the projects, knocking on people's door. They would see the kids sitting outside and get permission from our parents or our parent or whoever. Um, could they take us to church? Yeah. And it was a I do remember it was a church, a big church downtown. Right. And they would take us and we would go like to these different little classrooms and they would feed us and, you know, tell us the, the stories that. Is in a children's Bible, you know, right, Noah's right. Ark and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yes, going to church as a child, it, that that's when I was introduced to it. Did you like going to church? And I know we'll get later on to like actually like, you know, having that relationship with God. But did you like going to church? Did you like the experience? Or what was it? Were you just like, I don't really like this. It's just a way to get away from my situation. It was a way to get away from my situation. And it was a way um, to eat. Yeah, you know, people don't realize that <laughs> some people grew up really not getting three meals a day. Yeah, and so it was a a, a perfect opportunity to eat and to get away mm -hmm. from the situations that we were living in. Yeah, I understand that as being because like, I remember you. I mean, you say like not having meals, and you said they provide meals. So I can assume as a kid, you're like. They come around, I'm gonna go yeah. so I can get a meal, right? Finna go eat. Yeah. Did your mom like did she ever go with you or did just no my mom she um she allowed us to go. Just allowed yeah. us to go. She allowed you know, us and, to go. And this day and time you like I'm not saying my kid that we're exactly. on a bus with somebody I don't know. Yes. So I mean that kind of provides a little more insight into the background. I'm yeah. sure like um I mean I always say like I'm sure parents mean well, you know what I mean? But yeah, you know, uh but to I mean what was it like though? Was the church experience like though? Was it like, did you remember those stories that they was coming in? Or was you just like, I'm just here for the food. I'm not really paying attention to anything y'all saying. I just remember the ride, the food, and then getting away. <laughs> I mean, whatever they was teaching or preaching, I, I don't remember none yeah. of it. Like to be honest, I was just like, okay. Yeah. I remember the sack lunches and you know, us getting in line and getting on the bus and but anything else, I mean. I wasn't interested. Did you develop like any friends out of that going? Um, so since it was a group of us coming out of the projects, we all knew each you other. You already knew some. Okay. Yeah, we all knew each other, but okay. we wasn't interested. Now there was other children they would go to West Dallas and yeah. pick them up from the projects. Right. And so we um came in contact with them, but building friendships, no. Yeah. That's interesting. So, like, as you as you as you start to grow up, around what age was this? Like, when they were coming by and picking you up? We were like six, seven, oh, eight man. years old. Oh, like yeah. real, like real little. Yeah, kids. we and were young, young. Sent off. Like, oh, yeah, man. yes. Man. Okay, man, <laughs> that's crazy. And so, like, I guess as you as you go, uh, you've already kind of answered. Like, none of that really was sticking with you because you mm -hmm. was going for 
a specific reason to get away yes. and to get some food and uh, things like that. As you get older, like, and you start getting older, look, I mean, I say older, but man, it's six, seven. Um, and, and like, what did life kind of turn into you for as like maybe those preteen years, those teenage years? Who did Alicia become while like, dealing with like, you know, things you were seeing? Yeah. So um, at the age of seven, Mm-hmm. I was um, hit and ran over by an 18-wheeler. Oh, wow. Um, diesel truck. And a lot of people like, hey, how did you get ran over? I wasn't in the street. I was actually walking home from school. Mm-hmm. So um, I got hit and ran over by an 18-wheeler, and that kind of threw me back a little bit, you know. Yeah. And I do remember because I was seven years old at the time. And the lifestyle that, you know, I was raised in, it was, everything was just traumatizing. You know, yeah. it was always something bad going on, something, mm-hmm. something going on. that wasn't right growing up as a child. And I remember I would always get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom always telling me, I hate you. I wish you was a boy, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember my mom giving me a letter and she took me to um, Parkland hospital and dropped me off. Oh wow! And when she dropped me off, she left. But she turned back around and came and got me, yeah. right? And so when I turned seven, when I got hit by that 18-wheeler, you know, things just went downhill. You know, I had to, you know, lost almost half of my right leg. And, uh, yeah. you know, that traumatized me. And, you know, learning how to learn how to walk all over again right? and dealing with that. And so learning how to deal with that and dealing with children teasing me because my leg didn't look normal anymore. Right. You know, and by, by my leg not looking normal anymore, people would look at me different. Yeah. You know, and it made me just begin to start hating how I looked, made me begin to hate. I didn't even want to wear a skirt. Yeah. I wanted to always hide my leg, you know, And I can imagine because that's the enemy right here. Take he he, we know it right. Like the Bible talks about, you know, God calls young because they are strong. Yes, you know, and I mean the enemy understands that he tries to destroy a generation early. Right, he wants to get into the young people early, and yes. he'll use any situation, right? Like the oh, yeah. the, the the situation of, of, of the eighteen wheeler hit you could have just been life, right? Sometimes life just happens, and it's unfortunate life. But the enemy, he t- he tries to seize every opportunity. And I noticed, and I felt like that's where you were going when you were saying like them teasing you. Like it, it, it develops like that hatred for first for yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? And then I'm sure you had some age. I mean, you can speak to it, but I'm sure you had hatred for everybody else too because, I mean, you don't usually just hate yourself and not hate anybody else. So. Yes, I had a huge hatred. I used to always wonder like, why me? Why my leg look like this? Yeah. Why my mama hate me? Yeah. Why she don't want me around? And yeah, I, 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 I had a hatred for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Not understanding that that wasn't normal either. Not right. If at that age you said you're only seven uh, and you're dealing with I mean, this you said, how long did it take you to learn back? You said you had to learn how to walk again. I had to learn how to walk all over again. And it took me almost two years how to walk all over again. Oh, wow. Learn to how to walk. You know, any like anything else, or was it just your legs that pretty much? Um, So it was my right leg. Yeah. And, you know, bone broken in my right thigh. Yeah. My, they had to take my, all my skin on my right leg. They had to do a skin graft. So, 
my leg looking like I was in a house fire, you right, know. Right, right, right. So I can totally understand it. Yeah, because I've seen some people that have to have the skin grafts and you know, you can always tell something happened, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, and, I, and like from from hatred, that hatred like Lee, I mean, you're still young, so I can only imagine like and then like, I've heard people tell me stories like, you know, when parents tell you that people don't believe it when some people say it, like yeah, because it's hard to believe a, a parent is telling somebody they don't love them or they don't I mean, like they them. don't they don't believe it, but it's it's really true. Yeah, it, it, it really does happen, and sometimes it happens to the best of us. Yeah, and so and and, and they and again if nobody ever if you never tell anybody, nobody won't know, right? That's and, true. And, it, and it's and it's crazy because uh, I'm sure she won't saying this but my wife dealt with the same thing so that's why it's like people don't expect people mm-hmm. to deal with things they think because they smile and they think because yeah so they don't they don't know uh and sometimes they're shocked by when somebody says yeah. something because um your mother grandmother and, grandmother, and so and i'm sure you love your kid you know like, i can't see I mean, it's hard to fathom saying that about, yes. like, you know what I mean, saying that That's to true. your kids, right? Yeah. And so, like, I'm sure that took a toll on you, too, when not only you were already being told this by your mother, but now you have outside influence. So I'm sure it started, like, the the love you had was already being taken away yes. early. And what did it, I mean, you said when you were hit, is there anything else that happened after that? Because you kind of, like, he's, like, first at seven. So I'm like, what happened yeah, after so- that? At the age of 12, yeah. I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's early. Very early. Right. And I was just 12, and this person was like six, seven years older than me. So oh, you, wow. you, we calculated up, you know, the age right. of the person. Right. And life still started going downhill. Right. You know, here I am. I'm 12 years old. Yeah. I'm still in elementary. Right. You know, what am I supposed to do? My mama, my mama hating me. Yeah. You know, I don't been through this incident with my leg and that's low self-esteem. Yeah. Already riding on my back, right. you know, trying to get out of situations and live in a better way. But here I am 12 years old. What can I do? Must, can't yeah. get a job. Right. Can't get my own place to stay. Right. You know, and leading up to a teenager, that's what the ball really got the rolling. You know, right. I'm I have to learn how to be a mother. An adult, I, at an adult, point, yeah. At twelve years old, at twelve years old, learning, I gotta learn how to survive. Right. I thought surviving is growing up as a child was surviving. No. So, so I've heard stories of like I was listening to a story recently of somebody else who, um, they were talking about how like you know they had their their mother had them when she was like fourteen and their aunt had somebody else when they were all like the same mm-hmm. age and so. The grandmother ended up taking. Did you get any help from your mom taking care of your daughter at that point? Actually, no. Mm. My mom took something to her grave, and she stood by it. Yeah, I'm not buying no pamphlets. Oh, I'm not buying no milk. Wow. I had to. I mean, literally, it gets deep, you know. And I don't mind getting deep. You yeah, know? It's okay. I don't mind getting deep. Ended up getting pregnant at 12, and my mom decided to pack up, leave Dallas, and drive to Oakland, California. And left you here? No, she took us with she, she took, she took okay. me with her. Get in California, didn't have nowhere to live. Yeah. She wow. found her sister. We ended up with one of the dope houses. Mm. You know, my mom see, my mom was addicted to crack cocaine. Which is definitely not a place for a 12-year-old. Not a 12-year-old. Not know? for anybody, really. But not definitely. for anybody. And you know, 12 years old in Oakland, California, 
who knows what my mom is. Right. Ended up having to live with somebody else. Ended up having my baby. Dope dealers on the street took care of me. Mm. Made sure that we had pampers, milk, you know. It's, and so I'm, I'm listening to this and first, like, my brain goes to, because what we know now, right? We know the Lord yeah. is gracious, but we know that there's also an enemy out there. And, yes, and yes. when you start hearing, like, it's a setup by the enemy. Yes. When you start hearing somebody say, like, they were being, take, they, by, they been taken care of by, you know, dope dealers and, and you know what I mean? And so you start looking to the wrong places. Yeah. You know what I mean? For for everything, for to be, to, for, for, like, care and love and you start looking for it and the devil understands he knows what he's doing he's seizing the opportunity at this point I didn't mean to cut you off no, that's it's just okay. like how that's my okay. brain is like yeah. thinking about like just I mean and I know we're going to get to like where you at now in the goodness of the Lord Amen. but <laughs> like because <Amen. laughs> yes. you know the story doesn't end here but it, I think it's important to paint a picture to see like yeah. where people come from and timeline is important yeah especially when you're trying to reach the masses of those that yeah. you don't have to face them face to face individually. Right. But what I've learned is that you got to be transparent. Yeah. And one thing that God has encouraged me with lately is he said that if you tell, when you tell your story, tell it with my voice, Yeah. not my voice, Yeah. but with God's voice. Yeah. And when you're telling your story with God's voice, his voice travels. Yeah. And he'll tell you, he'll lead you, right? On what exactly. stuff to say, what stuff I don't need yes, to say. And exactly. like, you know, what's important to give because like so, some people, they need to know the true deliverance of God. Exactly. And if they don't hear that somebody will deliver, how would they know that they can be delivered? Exactly. I'm not saying that God still can deliver. I'm just saying like, it's easier when you know somebody else has been there yes, and look yes, what God did. Yes, I mean, again, yes. I'm already getting excited because I know That's you are. Okay. I know you say now. So I'm like, and to, so hearing where you're coming from well, is already like making me like really excited about the life-changing power of God. And so you said you were in Oakland at 12. You're looking at the dope dealers and they're yeah. taking care of you. And We was in Oakland, California. And you know, it's crazy. I didn't know nobody out there, you know. Am I supposed to go left, right? How am I supposed to survive? Yeah. Where's my mom at? Yeah. But I knew that I had a life inside of me. And when I realizing that I had actually had a life inside of me, I felt and I knew for a fact somebody loved me. Yeah. And I fell in love with my daughter before she even got her. You oh, know, and that that there, I knew the enemy was setting me up. When when I when I take my mind back. When God began to take me down, I always say that God takes my heart and rewind it and let me go back and let me see. I knew now I knew the enemy was trying to set me up for failure. Right. He knew that if he can try to detour me and destroy me, right. get me so, so, so far out there to where there was no turning back. Right. I didn't want to have a mind to come back yeah. to reality. He got me. Yeah. You know, starting from seven years old. And then when I got 12, yeah. you know, I got pregnant, had a baby, ended up in Oakland, California. Didn't even have a mind to even try to hear what anybody had to say to me mm -hmm. about God. Yeah. But deep down inside, what people don't realize is that once that seed of God is planted in you, it, it's not going nowhere. Yeah, one gonna, water, uh, one you, plant. You got to be. God get an increase. God going to get an increase. Okay. So I, and you don't know, right? Like, it, it, you, like you said, you weren't paying attention but it was in there somewhere it was from just there, going yes. to them people picking you up picking y'all up from the projects it was in there somewhere yes right and it just takes somebody coming back and 
watering it, the next person. And I'm sure we're going to get to the person that watered or the people that watered. Okay. okay. <laughs> so what was life like? I mean, how did, so from Oakland, they're taking care of you, you have your daughter now. And like, how, what is life like now? You know, you have a daughter. You're life 13 now. or are you still 12? Um, you said you had her at 12. I got pregnant at 12, pregnant. carried her to, at 12, or um, had her by the time I turned 13. About okay, so you know, by the time I turned 13, um, and you're out here on your own, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm still in Oakland, California, right? I had an Oakland, California. Mom disappeared, didn't know where mom was, but you know, it got so hectic to where she began to start owing the dope dealer's money. Mm. And you know, back then, you owned dope dealer's money, somebody's is a ransom. Yeah. Somebody they gonna get their money out some Somewhere, way somehow, right, right? And so my mom put us in a taxi with whatever little money she had, and she sent us back to Texas on Greyhound. Huh? Had no money to eat. Did she send out to a specific person or just sent all the way? So when she sent us back, none of her family would take us. Oh wow! But her brother. Okay. But her brother ended up back in Dallas. Here I am, thirteen. Thinking my life is about to be grand. Oh, I'm back. I'm not around all these drugs. You know, I'm going to a house where I have my own room. Right. I can go to school. Right. I can be a mother. But little did I know the enemy was waiting for me there too. Oh, wow. You know, by this time I learned some type of defense. Yeah. But the type of defense that I had, it wasn't going to protect me. Yeah. Knowing now that I needed God. Yeah. I needed some power. Right. I, I needed to know who's who's faithful to me, who got my back. Yeah. But coming to Dallas 13, moved in with my mom's older brother. Right. I started going to the school, Sarah Zumwalt. <laughs> Middle school. Yeah. And so he started taking care of us, you know, providing for us, making sure we had clothes, you know, shoes. His girlfriend was taking us to church. But then things started changing. Yeah. And I became a pincushion for him. Oh, wow. I became, you come and get it when you want it. And, oh, yeah. and I'm going to be, I'm, if it's okay, I'm going to be very transparent. That's okay. You, you yeah. know, here I am. I'm thinking life in a change for me. And it got worse. Right. And I became a victim of being molested by my uncle whenever he wanted to molest me. But I had nowhere to run. Right. I had nowhere to hide. So my next thing was I need to start writing down in a journal. I need to start writing down everything I'm going through. And it, my older sister was with me. Yeah. And he, he gave me a room by myself. Mm. Bathroom by myself. I had my own room, my own bathroom. It was all a setup for the enemy. The enemy was trying to just add more and more to it. Because you was by yourself. So I was by myself, yeah. He was doing it on purpose. So he found my little book or whatever I wrote. And then that's where it just got real crazy. He became in defense mode. Mm. And I had to get out of that. Yeah. I had to get out of that, you know. Yeah. And so boom, my mama moves back to Dallas. Moved back to Dallas, and God blessed us, you know. How long did that go on? It went on for a couple of years. Oh, wow. It, it, it went on for a while. What type of mental toll did that take on you? Oh, wow. I, 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 I was glad when he would leave the house and stay gone for the longest. Yeah. You know, but mentally, it made me hate men. Yeah. I hated to see a man coming. I hated the ground a man walked on. Mm. I, I didn't I didn't want to be bothered by a man. Yeah. You know. But thank God God changed it. Thank God. Yes. Deliverance is real. Yeah. You know. And, and, and man, you still, I mean, we 
talked about some heavy, deep stuff. I mean, and you're still you're not even an adult yet. You're like, you know not what I mean? A, we have, not even. And so it's 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 a miracle uh, to see where you're at now. Um, and then you said you had your sister. Did your sister know this was going on? Or? Yes, my older sister. She knew what was going on, but what could we do? Right. Call the police and be in child protective service and living in a foster home. And, yeah. In our first story, that's how people feel like, what can I do? Right. You don't yeah. know. And that's why I wanted to know, like, what, what, like, what do they do to your mental? And it, it's, it, you know, it's, it does, it's like, it, it wears on people. Every, yes, it does. Every day. And, and so, I mean, that's, you said it goes on. Uh, were there any of your other siblings? I know you said you had seven. Well, it was seven of y'all total. It was seven of us, but it was just the two oldest the that two lived oldest. with him. Okay. So he didn't touch my older sister. Yeah. He just came for me. What about uh, your daughter Your daughter at this time? My daughter was about six, seven months old. Yeah. He um, tried to make it seem like that was his child. Oh. You wow. know, he, he tried to take full control. Yeah. And by her being... I call my love child because I fell in love. I, I had somebody to love me. Yeah. I learned how to love through taking care of, you know, yeah. my daughter. He tried to come in between that. Oh, wow. Tried to come in between it. And I'm feeling like I'm losing somebody so close to me. That's my baby. Yeah. You know. It's a lot going on, especially for a teenager, right? Yes. Like, and through, like, I think about how, like, teenagers, you know, there's there's certain points as you're growing up that are very critical, right? Like very your, critical. Like development and who you become. And teenage years, those those like teenage years are very, very like yeah. important in shaping who you are yeah. as you become an adult. And so to see like I know that's what uh to, to hear you talking about that. And I know you said your mother came back and she came did she come back and because she knew that was going on? My mother didn't know. Okay. My mother didn't find out and until some years later. Okay. Yeah, my mother didn't know, you know, and it had become a once we got out of his house, it had become a discussion. Yeah. And it was she's lying, that's not true. And I told my grandmother one day, I said, You gotta hear it come from me because it happened to me. Yeah. You know, and I I wasn't afraid to tell what happened to me. Right. But I did tell my uncle one day, I said, I'll forgive you for what you did to me. That's also, I mean, I just talked to, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody recently about that and um, um, forgiveness. I guess that's going to be the theme for this month. Okay. Because, <laughs> uh, like, we're talking, I was talking to somebody recently and they're talking about forgiveness because you don't realize, uh, uh, like, what holding on to those grudges do to you. It, it, un- I hate to, I mean, I hate to say, but you give that person the power. You do. They still have the power over your life. You do. And and they still have the control over your life. And that that forgiveness kind of releases you from under them because now what hold do you have on me? You know, you're not controlling my life anymore. And, that's that's true. And, and so that's true. Forgiveness is such a powerful too and once you get saved and feel the house you realize why god wants us to forgive and exactly and when you think about it right what do we you know how we live in sin and how we how we crucify him every day yeah you know what i mean and like yeah. and, and while we're living in sin you're like and he still forgives us or how many times we slapped him in the face you know yeah. what i mean it's like and he still was able to forgive us uh i, I can go on a tangent that's okay. about forgiveness that's okay. 
uh, because it's important. I feel like a lot of people hold on to that and they really can't get to what, especially saints, people will say and they're still holding on to uh, things people did to them. But I was reading, I, I read a book about like uh, crucifixion before and how he not only died for sins we committed against him, but he yeah. died for sins committed against us. Exactly. And so he, you know, he, he he died so we can be free from that. Exactly. We can be free from those strongholds that people have. Those are strongholds. Very strong. You know what I mean? And we need to be free from that as as well. So, um, you 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 are your mom comes back. What's what's going on now? Like, how did, did is the is the relationship different now between you and your mom, or is it still? Actually, my mom comes back, and her drug habit is even worse. Oh wow! I mean, drug habit was. So was she just trying to get away from where she was? Because now you talked about owing owing money. Yeah, she, she ended up having to leave California mm-hmm. because you know her drug habit headed to where she began to owe the dope dealers money. Mm-hmm. You know, and so she ended up coming back to Dallas yeah. and trying to get on her feet, trying to change, but at the same time trying to straddle the fence at the same time. Yeah. You know still do her drugs, but still get a job and still get a place to stay. That's you rough. Very rough. It's like living double life. Very <laughs> double. And so we ended up moving back with my mom and moving back with my mom and you know, in contact with my grandmother and you know, we started going to a church called God's Holy Temple Church of God in Christ. Okay. And that's why I, that's why I learned about holiness. Okay. And so learning about holiness, being a teenager, you know, oh, here we go. God began to start putting some things in me that's yeah. going to go with me for a long run. How were you still a teenager? Were you 18 or were you? So I was around about 14, 15 years old okay. and we were going to church. And the crazy part is we stayed in the projects again yeah. <laughs> with my grandmother, no doubt it's projects over off the of hall street. Yeah. And so. Back then, the way the projects was made, you can walk through the projects and here's an alley, and it was like a little church. Right behind little me. bitty small little church. Yeah. You can hear the tamarines and the and you can hear the guitar playing. Yeah. And that that right there, I believe, was the most amazing part of my life as a teenager because I was in a safe place then. Yeah. You know, I was able to go to church, I can hear the word, yeah. and you know. The way the word was going, it was truly convicting. Yeah. You know, I, God started planting seeds in me that needed to be in me. That's going to, as my life go forward, even though I wasn't choosing him, I was going to be convicted about some of the things that I started to do. Yeah. What are some of those things like? What what what, what are some of those things you start to do? Did it, I mean, everybody feel like they have control. Yeah. And I can imagine like seeing some of the things, uh, hearing some of the things that have happened to you you've wanted to be in control. Yeah, I started smoking cigarettes. I started smoking marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time I turned 17, I was addicted to crack cocaine. Oh, wow. And that habit was real bad. I was addicted to crack cocaine, but I can remember, I can remember hearing when I was growing up, you know, thou shall not lie, thou shall not steal. Mm-hmm. I can hear you know better. Yeah. You know, that started convicting me. It started dealing with my heart. Yeah. But I kept trying to fight it. I kept trying to fight it because, you know, without yielding to God, you're not going to give up those things. You know, you begin to get hungry for more and more. And my drug habit as a teenager, smoking crack cocaine, that habit got got deep. Right. It got very deep. 
Right. You know, and it got so deep to where I almost lost my life a couple of times behind it. Mm. And God sent someone to rescue me. Mm-hmm. And that person rescued me one day. Yeah. And his grandmother would sit in her house and read her Bible. Mm. And I would sit there and I would watch her. Yeah. You know, and my life changed. So here I am, 17. I ain't smoking crack no more. Right. I ain't game banging. <laughs> I ain't carrying no pistol. You know, I ain't running the streets no more. This lady took me into a home. Here I am, this lady reading her Bible. Teaching me how to be a lady, you know, teaching me how to take care of my daughter. You know, I didn't have that. Like I tell my grandchildren, you know, I got three and a half grandchildren because the other one is on his way. (laughs) I tell my grandchildren, I didn't have nobody to pour into me the way I pour into you all. Right. You know, but when that lady came into my life, my memory goes back. You know, she started pouring into me. She started teaching me how to take her my hygiene, how to comb my hair. And she would take me to work with her and pay me out of her paycheck. Oh, wow. You know, so my life took a, a, a huge turn and it was just like, okay, somebody care for me. You know, I can care for my daughter. I can raise my daughter. She started giving me that word, started teaching me and boom. That's a blessing. Them it's, seeds start growing. Yeah, she started growing. Them and, seeds. And, and it's, I like it because it's 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 a it kind of shows that how powerful like like the Lord is. Like even though I'm sure we're gonna get to like when you actually get saved. Yeah. But you're saying like even in this, this just it started making you want to have a change. Yeah. Just being in the vicinity of somebody yes. that's that's doing right and exactly. living right exactly. made you want to make a change. To your own life, that's that's the a testament to God's like real power. And yes. you see so many people that like, especially in this day and time, that want to get like everybody else or be like everybody else. And but here is this woman who's reading her Bible, who's living yeah. her and showing you the love of Christ exactly, and, like and how she's treating you, and it's making you want to change. Um, so what from there, right? She's planting the seeds, but. What what happens after that? Like, do you immediately accept Christ and give your life to God, or is it still just it's just the seeds? But I'm still doing what I want to do. You know, it was, you know, still doing what I want to do um, because I got hit by the 18 wheeler. A trust fund was set up for me. Oh, okay. Okay. Trust fund was set up for me, and in my mind, I can't wait till I turn 18. So I can do what I want to do. So I can get my money and do what I want to do, do, do and. You know, didn't realize I needed the power of God in my life. Right. You know, didn't realize she giving me the word. Right. You know, she she's showing me the way. I heard you say they, they were preaching the word at the church, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, she's showing me the way. But boom, I turned 18. I got that $98,000. Yeah. I gave her some money. She went and got her, you know, a little house or whatever. But I found myself back out there in them streets. Oh, wow. Back on crack cocaine. Wow. Not doing right by my daughter. Not not spending money wisely. But by this time, I had no excuse because God was dealing with me. God was dealing with me so much so I didn't want to hear what God had to say because I wanted my own will. Mm. I finally got some money. I finally got a place to stay. I finally got a car. I don't have to live under nobody's roof. I do what I want to do my way. 
But God began to really, really, really deal with me. And I began to start listening because I was hitting rock bottom. Mm. You know, I was hitting rock bottom of drugs. I wasn't getting high like I wanted to. Mm. I wasn't getting that full effect like it was when I first started smoking crack. And so here it is, God dealing with me. And I ended up kind of moving away from the drugs. And I ended up meeting these two individuals who I had no clue they mom went to full gospel holy. I didn't even I had no I had no knowledge of full gospel holy temple. Yeah. And you've been, I mean, and, and you've been around some places that, that I'm sure some people were would have been around full gospel holy temple. Okay. Some members going. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So was this person just like a witness that ended up coming in your life, or was it just the individuals you just kind of started hanging out with? It was two individuals. We were just hanging out, hanging on the streets, you know, selling drugs, right. you know, mm-hmm. hanging out in the trap houses. Okay, so you sold, you selling drugs now too? Yeah, we were selling it? drugs, doing drugs, running the streets, in and out of clubs, in and out wow. of motels, you know, just, you know, just crazy, crazy, crazy stuff we were doing. And my life did kind of slow down a little bit, yeah. you know, and it slowed down enough for me to become friends with them right. because I had trust issues. Yeah, I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to hang with the boys. Yeah, you know, I had trust issues. I really didn't want friends. So you said you want to hang with the boys. I know you talked about hating men, but was it just hating men in the fact of like a relationship? But I'll be, I'll kick it with y'all. But I just want, like, you know what I mean, no relationship with the men. I hung with the boys. I wanted to be a boy. Okay. I wanted to act like a man. Yeah. I felt like I had the mentality of a man. I yeah. felt like I had control like a man. And I, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't see a relationship with a man at that time, yeah. you know. And so I, I become, you I became, had my homies, you like know. I became, what, I became what I felt but like. That's, but that's interesting to me too because you hated it, but now you're becoming yes. what you felt like you hated. Because I felt like, I felt like I, I mean, at that time, my mind. It's gonna, was, it's gonna sound funny, but I was gonna say you felt like. We weren't doing it right. <laughs> I felt like men hurted me. Yeah. And I feel like I knew what a woman want because I'm a woman. So I could be a better man. So I could a be man. a better man than a man. Than a man. So yeah. if I'm in a company with a man that was my homie, that was yeah. my partner. We we yeah. selling dope together. We we run a game on females together, yeah. you know. So become friends and boom, one day this lady. Introduce herself, and I'm like, I had no idea they had a save mama. Mm. Oh, y'all mama saving y'all out here in the streets like this. Jesus Christ. All we can all the Bible say I can do is train them up. Train them up in exactly the way they go. in the way they should go. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you can do. And that's that's all it. The, yeah. And I mean, but I mean that's a blessing. You don't even know looking back now. Yeah, looking that's back. A setup too. <laughs> okay. And I think I thank God for that. I thank God that. He allowed me to move in that neighborhood. He allowed me to meet these two individuals because I ended up meeting their mom. Yeah. And she was so nice and so sweet. Um, a lot of people might not remember her, but they might do. Sister yeah. Glenda Holland. Okay. I don't. You don't, you don't remember. <laughs> I'm not good with names. That's so okay. That's probably why. And so I met her and she invited me to Four Gospel Holy Temple. Them older saints going to invite you. They're going to get you there. <laughs> She would be nice to me. I'm like, why is she being nice to me? Just teaching me stuff. And she invited me to Full Gospel Hotel. I'll never forget it was, it was Women's Convention. Okay. 
And I had no clue what a women's convention was. Yeah. Here I am. I'm going to church. <laughs> she invited me to full gospel. Were you excited church. to come to church at this point? I was. Okay. I was excited to go. I was tired. Mm. I was mentally, emotionally, spiritually tired. Right. I don't woe myself out in the streets. I bet. It wasn't nothing else out there for me yeah. to do. You know, trying to repeat a cycle, trying to keep doing the same thing. Right. It just got old. And, but God began to deal with me. Yeah. He began to deal with my heart, my emotions, you know, and she invited me to church and I went to church. <laughs> I went to full gospel, Holy Temple, 1900 South Union. Okay. Do you remember the, the night you went, like who was preaching? Or? I remember what I do remember. I remember it was women's convention. Right. <laughs> and I remember sitting in my seat. I couldn't tell you what was what was preached. Yeah. But I remember when I got to the altar. Yeah. It was a line of women. Yeah. And they all were just laying hands. Ready to pray. Lay hands on me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, got back to my seat. And the Holy Ghost got a hold of me. At your seat. I at my seat. <laughs> the Holy, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit got a hold of me at my seat. And that was the day God saved me and filled me with the Holy Ghost. Man, that's a and I lived safe for a while. Yeah. You know, I, I lived safe for a while. Matter of fact, I lived safe for almost five years. Yeah. And I allowed some things to get in the way. Yeah. I allowed some things to get in the way. You know, things that I should not have allowed to get in the way. Yeah. You know, I wasn't fasting. Yeah. I wasn't praying. I was just going to church. That's important. You got to, those are like backbones if you expect exactly, to stay, stay exactly, safe. Exactly. Now I know that, yeah. you know, but I wasn't fast and I wasn't praying. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. And I allowed temptation to come in. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people say, so what happened? And, and I tell them, listen, I'm not blaming the church. I'm yeah. not blaming the sisters, the brothers, and I bet not ever dare to blame the pastor. The Bible says you're drawn by your own lust. Right. And I allow loneliness. I allow being out focus. I allow looking on, on the outside, looking in, right. you know. I allow all of that to come in my atmosphere. Right. When I knew better. Right. I knew better. But I wasn't fast and I wasn't praying and I wasn't seeking God like I was supposed to. And I allowed Satan in my atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that right there did something to me. Now, when I go back and look at it, yeah. but I allowed the devil to come in and I slipped back into a lesbian relationship. Oh, wow. And I, I remember it just like it was yesterday because that was crazy. Yeah. I remember going to take a shower thinking I can cry and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And boom, I get the Holy Ghost right back. But I felt the emptiness. Mm. It was an emptiness that you can't explain and, and, and you dare want somebody else to experience it. Right. And I was out of church for like 10 or 15 years. Jesus. Running and chasing out the women and women trying to kill me. But I didn't get back on crack cocaine. Yeah. Didn't get back on crack cocaine, but I became an alcoholic, mm. you know. You can't just think you're going to leave God and you be okay. Be up, yeah. You think you can't just think you're going to leave God and 
you got this. Right. You know, I got control over this. Yeah. I can I can go to church, but still do this. I can go to church and still no. Once you have sat at the table with God, yeah. once you have sat and ate with the Father, right. you can never dismiss that. Right. You can never erase your mind from that. You can never erase how you once had power over sin. Right. You can try to erase it. Yeah. You can try to ignore it. I feel like people, what you try to do too, is like, I'm still in control. Exactly. And you're not. Right? You're not. You're no not, longer. Right? Like, you'll hear people like, oh, you know, they, they leave God and you're like, and, and now you're because we, we, we talked about it earlier, he that committed sin is the servant of sin. So exactly. you can't go back and try to like, oh, I'm going to control this, I'm going to control mm -hmm. that. It didn't mm -hmm. work before, it's not going to work now. It's not going to work. I appreciate that because you talk, like so many people, they, they do, they'll come to God, they'll be serious about God, but they don't keep up with what they should be doing, right? That's like right. You're just saying come and be a bump on a log, so to speak, and expect you're going to go to heaven. No, nah, you're going to have to put some work into your sanctification. Exactly, that's so true. So you can stay strong. So you can say, yeah, you can keep this power. Yes, the Holy Ghost is going to keep you if you want to be if kept. If you want to be kept. But if you're not doing what, what's right to be kept, then he can't keep you. He's not going to keep somebody <laughs> that's not putting in the work. All right, yeah. I've learned that you got to put your, you got to put your not, hands we, in the We're not saved by works. That's not what, we, that what we're talking about here. You're no. not saved by works. We're talking about sanctification. Sanctification. <laughs> so, staying in your word. Yeah. You know, staying in the word. Spend time with God in prayer. Fast so you can crucify that flesh. Right. You can keep your flesh under subjection. And I wasn't doing none of those things. Right. You know, and looking back now, I appreciate God for giving me another chance. Know, you know, yeah. I am so grateful for another chance because yeah. when I was out there, I'm 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 into all kind of things. Start going to gay clubs, mm -hmm. you know, start dancing to make money, mm -hmm. you know, started getting in relationships after relationships with different women, women trying to take my life, women hiding under my bed, women mm -hmm. coming to my job, wanting to fight me. Mm -hmm. And at that time, you know. Here I am wanting to be a boy again. You know, I had all kind of women and I'm not glorifying none of that. Right. But that's just to show you how the devil will set you up. Right, right. He'll make you feel like you got it going on. People recognize who you is now. You're well known in the gay clubs. You're well known in the street. But that's all a setup. Yeah. It's all a setup to stay out there. Yeah. Because uh, people love pleasure. Yeah, it's people empty though. It's very empty. People right. love to be known. They love to be heard. Right. But wanting to be known and heard for all the wrong reasons, that's not healthy. It's nah. not safe. It's very dangerous. very dangerous. You know, God began to deal with me while I was out there as a backslider. I would get high and I would get drunk and I would tell him, you know, we'd be sitting around. And I would say, y'all know what? God started dealing with me, but they didn't know this. Mm -hmm. I said, y'all know what? I said, one day I'm going to have to give my life back to God. Mm. I'm like, oh, they start looking. In the club and smoking? Why, oh, why? Smoking, getting high, getting <laughs> tattoos. You know, I was addicted to tattoos. I was addicted to the tattoo needle. I was just, I was just I blowing. Like, you got to go. I was blowing everybody. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I would blow true. everybody's high. Because I know, because I would be like, you got to get out of here. At the moment, way. God began to start dealing with me. And I just stopped and I said, y'all know what? Jesus Christ soon to come. Yep, I would have been like, at least you gotta go. I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? Because you're changing the whole. Everything. But, but at the same time, God is using you to like. You hear me? He, he's playing, he's dealing with you, but now they hearing it too. They like, hey, everybody know, was just looking like. And I don't know, right? You know, I mean, people may go off and get saved at other places, and yeah. it could just been like, yeah, God's like, hey, I'm I'm for the. Do something at all, y'all. Yeah, I need, I need somebody <laughs> that's voice. Exactly. So like, what what led you to come back? What led me to come back? Um, 
God began to deal with me and I had became a severe alcoholic. Mm -hmm. It got to the point to where I couldn't drive without drinking. Oh, wow. I had to drink before work. I had to drink after work. I had, I mean, it got, it got bad, but bad. all that I was be all that I had been taught in full gospel, holy temple, you know, the ways of God, you know, how to submit yourself to God, you know, the consequences, right? you know, everything began to start dealing with me and God began to start dealing with me to where I had no peace. Yeah. I couldn't go to sleep. Wow. I couldn't focus. Yes. God was dealing with me so much. So I wanted to drown God out to where I be I found another addiction. Right. And that addiction was tattoos and household chemicals. Oh, wow. I, I, I would go, I would have tattoo parties and God, I wanted to try to get rid of pain with pain. And that wasn't working because now I'm marking up all my skin, like, yeah. you know, and I started doing household chemicals. I started mixing chemicals and stuff and I started inhaling it and my mind would just blank out. My mind would go another way. But then all of a sudden when I came back, you know who was still there? God. Yeah. The conviction of God. I can hear God in my in my heart. I can hear God in my mind. I couldn't go to the left or the right. God was steady dealing with me, steady dealing with me. Come back. You need to be saved. And, 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 and to be very deep and transparent, I can be with a woman and I can hear God say, if Jesus come right now while you laid up in this bed, you going to hell. My God. And that would scare me. That would deal with me. Yeah. And I begin to go to God and say, God, take the desire of women away from me. Mm. You take the desire away. The alcohol, the drugs, the cigarettes, the chemicals. Just take it away from me. I say, God, I even said this. Make it to where I can't even stand the sight of a woman. <laughs> Because I want, was I, serious, I was right. serious. Right. I had to can't help it, but I was serious. Right. All that I was taught through the church where I am now, it started coming back. The memories start coming back. Everything start coming back, and it got to the point. I started couldn't stand the sight of women. I stopped going to clubs. I started being by myself. That left so much room and atmosphere for God to deal with me. Right, but it got to the point. I didn't want to live no more. Mm. I didn't want to live no more. And God started dealing with me even more. So I get to work and I, everybody know I work at a hospital going on, gonna be 24 years. Oh, and even through all of that, God blessed why I kept my job. Yeah. And the testimony gets even, I mean, the glory of God is just it's amazing. amazing. Right. And I'm at work. Minding my business now, remind you what I had already said to God. I asked, talked to God about right. people believe God don't hear you when you're serious about repentance, yeah, and you serious and you sincere about change. You want to do God's will, you, you want to get back in position and posture with God. People don't believe God hears that, yeah. And here I am at work, minding my business, and here comes somebody from Full God's for Holy Temple. <laughs> To visit a patient, and it was my pastor's mother. Oh, wow. I saw her. I ducked off. Oh, you ran and from I, I ducked off. <laughs> and the spirit of God began to deal with me. I can remember exactly what was said. You said you wanted to be saved. Oh, wow. I said, Oh, my. blessing. And time passed by two weeks, I don't know, a week. Here she come again. But that day, 
I asked her, do you remember me? She said, yes, this is humble and sweet. Yeah. She said, yes. And I said, I'm tired. And she said, is there somewhere we can talk? And we actually went into a room where we would take family members right. to talk about plan, you know, yeah. plan of care, end of life plans and things like that. And she told me to lift my hands. <laughs> and I lifted my hands in that room. I'm about to run around this room, Alicia. <laughs> and I lifted my hands in that room. And I repented of my sins. And I truly believe that day God saved me. God delivered me. Yes, I love this. But lo and behold, who knew what was waiting on me when I got home what? was the enemy. Yeah. The devil was waiting on me. He knew that he had, he knew he lost the fight. Right. He knew my background. Right. He knew he lost the fight. And this time my daughter grown. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what got into her. Right. We started going back and forth, back and forth. And I'm trying all I knew to hold it in. Right. I'm, I'm saying, yes, yeah. God gave me another chance. I'm living for God now. The enemy coming immediately. Yes, he yeah. came in quick because he he didn't want to see me leave. He knew I was going to be a threat to his kingdom. Right. He, he knew once I got back where God wanted me, he knew that I was going to cry loud and spare not. He knew I wasn't going to be ashamed. Yeah. He knew that I'm going to be transparent. Yeah. But that day, my daughter just the enemy just got loose in her. Yeah. And we got the arguing, we got the going back and forth, and boom, I said, forget it. What's the use? Mm. I grabbed a cigarette, I my grabbed man. a bottle of wine, and I got the drinking, and I stood between my garage and my kitchen, started crying. I said, God, I have failed you. Mm. And here the enemy, what's the use of going out? That's what he wants to do. See, so and I want to take a pause right here because the enemy, he's subtle. He's subtle, and, and anytime God delivers you, He's coming. He's waiting. He's exactly. not. He's not gonna wait. He's not trying to wait till tomorrow. Mm -hmm. and, and it's important because you'll see people get saved on Sunday. You're like, hey, you, you know, we have come back, right? Like, yeah. Because something. As soon as you go out that door, the enemy knows, right? Yeah. Your friend, you may not have had a chance to tell no friends, tell nobody, but I'm gonna tell you right now, who know the the devil know. Oh, the devil got, knows. Yeah. He's waiting. He wants to get you back, and and. And it's important, it's important to, to, to be on the lookout. It's important to, to know, look, look at God. He came and met you at the hospital. At you the be hospital. He's showing you he cares. He's showing yes. you like, hey, I, I'm still, I still accept you. Because even the first time when you first talked about like, you know, backsliding and uh, that's what it is. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's what it is. And um, you said like, you just didn't feel like you didn't feel nothing. And that's the enemy. The enemy wants yeah. you to be like, well, you can't go back to God. Yeah. Might as well just stay out and do get worse. And that's what he wants. And that's what I, I did. Yeah. You know? And so that's what that's what he wants. He's gonna put that subtly in people. Hey, might as well just be, go ahead. Like, no, the Bible talks about repenting quickly. Like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. You need to repent quickly. Like, don't just sit there and just let like let the devil pull you. Like, no, nah, you know what? I'm gonna repent. I made that mistake, but that ain't. I'm not. Let me make get that. it right with God. I'm not gonna make that again. We're not gonna go no further. The the book stops here, right? So, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but That's I just okay. want, I just feel like that 
You know, that's how the enemy gets so many people. You know what I mean? He's, he's coming immediately. Exactly. You know what I mean? You see teenagers get saved. And they don't, like, when you go back to school the next day, <laughs> he's waiting. Oh, he's waiting. <laughs> like, he, he's if he waiting waits on to you. the next day, right? But exactly. He's coming, and it's important to be ready to fight. You know, that's yeah, true. As, I was in, I always, I like to envision like getting saved almost like, um, like animals in the wild. It's, this is going to yeah. sound crazy, but they get out, like some of them are born, and there is an immediate attack on their life. Yes. So a lot of them have to come out running. Yeah, they baby you, come pray. When you when you get saved, you have to come out you do. running because you there's do. an enemy. There's a there's a there's a video online. I don't know if you've ever saw this, but there's a video online, and I believe it's like on beach. It was talking about. I want to say it was like iguanas, but it could be some other type of lizard. Mm-hmm. Their their eggs are planted in the in like a um in like the beach sand. Mm-hmm. The adults after they plant, they go up on these rocks because what's waiting. Is a bunch of snakes. As soon as they're hatched, snakes they're start attacking them, and so they have to. They they literally hatch and they take off running. You how do you know to run? But it's just in them to yeah. run. And I feel like that's what the Holy Ghost. When you, when you get the Holy Ghost, you have to take off running because you have an enemy who's trying to th- throw you out. And and when we see it, you talked about yeah. it. You're talking about it right exactly. now, which is important for people to see. So, like, you may wonder, like, through your life, like, why me? Why this? Why that? But this testimony can help some people. Exactly. Let them yeah. know, like, hey, you have to run. Because yes. these are the type of things that are going to be waiting yes. for as soon as you give your life to God. But the devil, the, the enemy sits back with an agenda to ambush you. Yeah. You know? And if, if, if you're not paying attention and if you don't have a clear understanding that God is a forgiving God right. and that you can go to God about anything, right. even if it's something you're not for sure about, right. God is there for you. Right. Yes, he is. But at that moment, you know, I should have been prepared, right. but I was just so excited that. I don't have to do this no more, that no more, that no more, but not realizing that the enemy will use someone so close to you, right? you know, that you don't expect to hear certain words coming out of your children's mouth, yeah. you know? And so I, I did, I, I, I did lose control. Right. I should not have lost control. Right. I know better now, right. you know, but I lost control that day. Yeah. And it got to the point to where I didn't even go to hardly go to sleep, knowing I had to go to work the next day. Yeah. But that whole that whole night, I'm just crying. I felt I I, I felt icky. Like right. I should I should have did this, and I should I should have handled this this way and that way. But you know what? God had another plan. Right. God had a backup plan, and I always tell people God doesn't make a plan. That God doesn't purpose anything without a plan. He doesn't right. make a plan without a purpose. Right. And so the next day I get to work, hardly had any sleep. I had already previously thinking about suicide. Right. I wanted to blow my brains out because the enemy had me so just so much was going on. Yeah, I'm you like, can't do this or something. Yeah, yeah. Ain't, ain't nothing worth it. What's the use of you living? And I remember saying, if I had a gun, I'll blow my brains out. What's right. the use? I waited all this time to get back to God, 
Now realizing the Bible says no man can come until the Father lets I draw thee. Right. And I didn't know that at that time. Right. But the next day got there, and, and little did I know that next day was gonna be my day. Okay. Because when I oh, thank you, Jesus. When I oh hallelujah, thank you, Lord. When I got to work, yeah, I I you could tell I hadn't had no rest, and yeah. I worked in ICU. Right. And I'm sitting there and I couldn't stop crying. God was dealing with me, I couldn't focus on work. And I told my manager, I said, listen, I'm not feeling well right now. She didn't understand mentally I wasn't feeling well. Right. Spiritually, I wasn't feeling well. I said, I need to go down to the emergency room. Yeah. She said, okay, you know, she let me go. When I got down and that nurse looked at me, she said, Alicia, I'm going to ask you one question. I said, yes. She said, have you thought about committing suicide? Mm. I said, yes. She said, you're not going nowhere. Yeah. What you mean I'm not? They admitted me into the psych ward. Mm. When they admitted me to the psych ward, that was the best thing, God. Not the best of the best, yeah. but that was the best thing that had happened to me within 15 years yeah, of God. being a backslider. My God. And when I got in that psych ward, I'm like, not crazy. Yeah. Miss Glenn, your blood test and all of this came back that you was positive for this drug and this and this. I'm like, oh, I'm going to lose my job. Yeah. But little did I know that was God's rescue mission. Uh -huh. And here I am in his psych ward. And at this time, I could be, I literally could hear. Thank you, Jesus. I can literally hear heaven and hell at war for my soul. Mm. And here I am, I can feel God tugging. I can feel the devil tugging at the same time. And all I knew at that moment was to say, thank you, Jesus. But I couldn't say it out loud because I'm already in a psych unit. Yeah. And I don't want these people to think I'm really losing it. Yeah. So I began to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, to myself on the yeah. inside. And it became a rhythm. Yeah. And I began to grit my teeth to it. And it just came a rhythm. And I had to keep that rhythm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because I could hear the devil at the same time fighting me. Yeah. And I can remember in the psych room, they had me in a room by myself. Mm -hmm. Gave me some medicine. And I had finally went to sleep for the first time. Like good sleep in years. Oh, wow. And when I went to sleep, I woke up in hell. Mm. And when I woke up, I was on literally on fire. And I'm running through the room, putting the fire out. Couldn't nobody hire. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Couldn't nobody see the fire for me and God. Mm. Thank you, God. Couldn't nobody see the fire for me and God. Mm -hmm. And when God brought me back to reality, I realized that I was still here. Mm -hmm. I realized that I didn't die and go to hell. Mm. And while I'm in here, while I'm in this psych ward, God was steady dealing with me. God still dealing with me. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't even want to be with a woman no more. God, when I get out of here, I'm going, I'm going to full gospel holy temple. This was 2014. Oh, wow. And while I'm in this cycle, I was in there for quite some time. Yeah. See, when God wants hallelujah, when hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. When you are serious with God. Not just serious with lip service, but serious in your heart. Yeah. When you really want God and you really want to serve God, and it ain't a game, and it ain't I'm running from everybody. Right. I want to run to God. I want to serve God. God will put you in a place where can't nobody get in touch with you or get a hold of you but Him. 
And he put me in between four walls. Yeah. And it was just me and him. It was just me and him. I phone caught, they took my phone. I couldn't have visitors. Yeah. And it was me and God. And that's why I found my father. My father found me. And I can remember being in the psych ward and I started looking around and my mind wasn't racing no more. Mm. I said, wait a minute. I feel at peace. Mm. I felt peace come over me. And all of a sudden, God took me what I would call an inner out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. And I saw myself sitting in a corner. And in this corner, I'm sitting down and I looked up. When I looked up, I saw myself looking through my eye sockets. Mm -hmm. And this may sound crazy to some people, Mm -hmm. but I remember just like it just happened. And God spoke to me. He said, Satan has transformed himself within your mortal body. Mm -hmm. And now I understood. I understand what God meant about that. When you are out there in that world, the devil will come in and transform himself to where he wants you to be on the inside of you. You will begin to start doing the things that he wants you to do. Yeah. You, became, you become a servant of Satan. Right. Now I understand what God meant by that. Now I do. Yeah. But by the time I left out that psych ward, I was saved. Mm. I was sanctified. <laughs> I was Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. I was delivered from being a lesbian, an alcoholic, a liar, a cheater. I was delivered from everything that was not like God. God filled you in the psych ward. He delivered me. God filled me with the Holy Ghost in a psych ward. Psych ward. When I got out, mm-hmm. I was ready for the fight. Was I was ready for the ambush. Yeah. Because I knew the devil ambushed me the first time and I failed that. But this time, I wasn't failing this one. I was, he, was re- he was ready. You heard me? <laughs> so when I when I got out of the psychic ward, you know who had to come pick me up? Was the girl I was in a relationship with. Yeah. But when she picked me up, I didn't feel that love and that attention that I once had for her. Right. And I'm like, okay, God, how am I going to get this girl? Out my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, people feel like they can still be saved and still have this person, he or she in their home, and it's okay. But that's not okay. Get, you know? What's our pastor preached the message before? Kill it all. You got to get rid of it. You got to get rid of it all. You got to get rid of it all. And see, God knew I used to be a fighter. He knew I was, I, I was ready to fight. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, God, how am I going to get this girl out of my house? He said, you don't do nothing. He said, no, you don't do it because you, it will cause confusion. Yeah. So I said, okay. I would go in the other room, get on my knees and pray. And I, t- I before all of this, I would always tell her, I said, you know, one day I'm going to have to give my life back to God and it can't be no me and you. Well, who would have known 10 to 15 years later that finally came? Mm-hmm. And here I am. I will put, he was, my grandson was a little, little boy at the time. Yeah. I put my grandson in the middle. She would sleep here. I would sleep here. And then God said, that's not enough. Right. I said, okay, what am I supposed to do? God, I'm going to get out of my house. So I prayed. I kept praying. I kept seeking God. All of a sudden, one day out of nowhere, I got a text message. She said she respect the lifestyle that I live. Hmm. Packed her stuff and got up out of my house. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and that's where my favorite scripture come in Exodus 14 and 14. 
He says, I will fight for you mm -hmm. and ye shall hold your peace. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I know for a fact that you have to allow God to do his part. Yeah. And you, if you stay in your lane and do your part, God will do his part. And God did that for me. Yeah. I love it. I love it. You said that was 2014 <laughs> when God saved you filled the Holy Ghost. Yes, You're almost it. 10 years again now. Yay! Look at <laughs> we working on it. It's a yes, blessing. yes. That's a blessing. Yes. I love it. I love this man. What like I know, I know like after you getting saved, and I mean, we can talk like this forever because okay. God is so good, right? Yes, He's an amazing is. God. He's a yes. wonderful God. He's an awesome God. And and I and I, I know people, we just we're just now to you getting field and all people have been blessed by what they have and I, I understand like after we get saved we do have like trials you've already given us a favorite scripture we have trials we have things is there anything you want to show like maybe after you got saved maybe a hard trial that you can share like you know god taught me who he was in this manner because we we start learning god right we know we learn him to be a healer we learn him to be yes. a lot of uh, a provider we learn yes. him, like we start learning god in 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 different ways and what is there any like things maybe you learned since you've been saved that God showed you Himself in a yes, new way, in another yes. way? God, um, since I've been saved, you know, I used to um, feel like an outcast mm -hmm. because of all the tattoos I have. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt like an outcast amongst the sisters in church mm. because of the lifestyle God delivered me from, mm -hmm. and. You know how we have on Tuesdays, the Jesus in me, love the Jesus <laughs> in you, you're easy, and the sisters yeah. will hug each other. I had like, don't hug me. Mm -hmm. But I didn't do it in a mean way. Yeah, I just had that mentality of, I don't want to hug another sister. Yeah. I, I want to stay clear of the sisters. Right. You know, but God had begun to deal with me. He said, I validated you when. You would say when I saved you and filled you with the Holy Ghost. You yeah, know, worry about that. you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to prove who you are to nobody. Just live the life. Right. Live the life of a born again Christian. And as time began to pass by, God delivered me from that. He yeah. delivered me from feeling like I didn't. I, I I wasn't safe enough to be around. Other women in the church, yeah, because the enemy will try to use that too. Like, oh, you, you gonna you gonna fall back? You exactly. Better, better. And he's like, they they can't. They want to show you the love of Christ. Like, hey, you yes. my sister. Like, you yes. know what I mean? You know what I mean? And, and I know our church as big as it is, it's still family. Like, people yeah. are very like, hey man, we family. Like, yes. you know what I mean? And yes. so like, uh, and so I can I can I can I'm gonna imagine something. It's like, hey, I just you know we just see you all the time. We sisters and right yeah. and brother. And so it's just like, but I understand. Like you said, like you know. But God had to show you, like, no, I'm, you're delivered. Yeah, you're God okay. had to show me that. Not that you're putting yourself, like, I'm trying to put myself in back in a, a situation that would call me to fall back. But this, we're at church. We family. Yeah. This, this you amongst the body of Christ. The body of Christ. And I had to learn that, you know. I had to learn that my sisters and brothers in Christ has a, a better interest in me than what the devil was trying to implant in me. Mm -hmm. And sisters began to start, you know, showing me love and started encouraging me and now I like to hug. I'm a hugger now and I wasn't a hugger at first, you know, and, and, and I learned that 
everybody not out to get you. Yeah. Everybody not out to to pinpoint what you were delivered from. Yeah, you know? they're really looking to make up. Like they want to see you grow. They want to see yes, you yes. go on in God. And so that's what that's why I love about church because you have the older saints, exactly the real ones that can teach you. And if we listen, you know, they yes. give us a lot of wisdom. Yes, I'm gonna ask you some. I guess some. We get some fun questions, right? Like, okay. You got any favorite like songs, like Christian songs you like to yes, listen to? Yes, I have I, a favorite song. Okay. Um, I have a couple of them. You can give you can give a couple of them. Um, there may be somebody out there looking for a song. Like, you know, <laughs> I know me sometimes. You're like, man, like I need a new song to listen to. You like I, I need something else to put in the rotation. Okay. So. <laughs> um, um, heaven belongs to um you by the Alabama girls. Have okay. you ever heard that? I've never heard that. The never. Alabama girls. They from Alabama, and it's a song called Heaven Belongs to You. Um, that right there is is such an uplifter. You know. Yeah. That one is one of my favorite songs, and um, God is. That's mm-hmm. another one. That's a favorite song, and uh, Wonderful Jesus. Okay, Wonderful Jesus. That's the only take it back. Yes, <laughs> Wonderful Jesus. I love it. I love it. Now uh, I know we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna get out of here, but before we do, I always ask everybody that comes that like they give the testimony before we leave. Is there anything you would like to say to the listeners to leave with the listeners? I just want to encourage everybody to hold on. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. Don't give out and don't give in. Yeah. You know, and if you just continue to seek the deep things of God, you know, seek him for who he is. Yeah. Seek him for his assignment concerning you. Yeah. Seek him for the agenda for the body of Christ. Right. You know, and also remember that this is not a one man band. We yeah. all in this together. Yeah. There's so much we can pour into each other. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, another thing is if you don't allow God to pour into you, how are you going to be able to pour into somebody else? Right. You know, right. so, I mean, that's what I can encourage everybody. And you're not in this alone. You're not. You right. know, that's what the devil wants you to think. He wants you to think you're by yourself, but you're not in this alone. You're not in this alone. At all. I'm so glad you stopped by the short testimony and took me on a roller coaster of emotions. My face probably didn't say it. Maybe it did. But I went on a roller coaster of emotions. But at the end, I'm so glad to hear about like God's delivering power, how God has changed you, how God has uh, keeping you, has kept yes, you. Yes. Right? And so in this day and time where people feel like they can't be kept, you know what I mean? And I, and I loved it because you went back and you even said, like, it wasn't God couldn't keep me. It's what I did. Right? It's like, I'm not I blaming did. nobody else. Exactly. I'm not blaming. I'm blaming on my own. Right? Like, not yeah. doing and. It's not that God can't keep you. It's just, do you really want to be kept? Do you want to do the things that you need to do to be kept by That's God? True. So, uh, again, I'm glad that you stopped by, and we're gonna go ahead and roll the outro. <laughs>